Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, a new couple you meet in counseling that I don't even have a post about yet, and um, it is called The CEO and the Resentful Employee. But before we get into that, I want to talk about subscribing as usual. The most recent one was What Your Wife Means When She Says I'm Overwhelmed, and there's about 50 other episodes that can enhance your understanding of male-female dynamics as well parenting. Okay, so let's move on. So obviously, as you know, I've had other podcasts and posts about couples you meet in counseling, which is what I call common dynamics that I see in my practice over time. Um, And I had a good one on Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife and the annoyingly satisfied husband and the wife who wants more. Both of those, I believe, are subscriber only. And in this one, What I'm talking about is a very common dynamic that I see where one partner micromanages the shit out of the other partner and the other partner is real passive and in turns passive aggressive. And neither one really owns their own part in this dynamic. And so what I'm intending here is to kind of outlay the reasons that neither party is at fault unilaterally for this dynamic, which of course sounds obvious that neither party would be uh, solely responsible for a dynamic that involves two people, but that in that entire philosophical idea is lost on about 100% of the people who come into counseling um, <laughs> because they usually think that even if it's, uh, you know, dually created, it's 99% their spouse's fault. And that's just not the case. It's really 50-50. So what sort of couples get trapped in this sort of dynamic? Well, it's usually a type A anxious person and a more um, passive other person. And over time, they, they just become caricatures of themselves. They become increasingly polarized such that one person barely wipes their ass without asking the other person how to do it or without the other person volunteering a better way to do it. And this really ticks up massively after uh, a child is born because um, – I usually see this with uh, women being the micromanagers, the CEO. Um, They are doing a lot of research in depth about how to be the best parent they could be. And they feel that the guy is just asleep at the switch, not doing a good job, potentially going to kill the kid or traumatize them or something. And so they start to give the guy extremely specific advice on how to... um, you know, parent and deal with the child, everything from how to feed them to how to talk to them to everything else. And the guy usually becomes increasingly more resentful and even more and more passive as a response. But then, of course, it's a vicious cycle because the more passive and almost um, like 
passive aggressive they get, then the more the other person thinks that they are a true idiot that really needs to be micromanaged in every way. Otherwise, they will hold the baby from the feet instead of, <laughs> you know, right side up. And, it, and, and so then as the children get older, this gets locked into place. And this is the same. The CEO becomes the CEO of all children and the household, frequently even the finances, everything. And the things that the employee does are always at the behest of the CEO party. So even if they are doing a lot of, let's say, the yard work or what have you, it is frequently because the CEO person has said, uh, the yard looks bad, you got to do X, Y, Z, and you should go and there's a sale at Home Depot and you should do that today between the hours of 2.45 and 4.45 because that's when I don't have uh, something to do with the kid, you know, whatever the case may be. So this can build on itself such that it's an almost... Um, comical level of micromanagement and the other person has almost forgotten how to think on their own so it's not like they are coming back and being like no actually 245 doesn't work for me they're usually like okay and then either they do it or they're asleep on the couch at 245 because they're passive aggressively protesting being told what to do constantly so why do people on a more distal level, why do these individuals get locked into such a dynamic? Frequently, it's because they saw it growing up. One parent bossed around the other parent. And so there was usually one who was in charge and one who was not. And they knew which one was and they have... Uh, allied. If, if they are the CEO, they've allied with the one who was in charge. And if they're not, then they were familiarly kind of subconsciously drawn to such a person, you know? So men who get involved with women that are bossing them around, they got to think about what their upbringing was like, you know? Like, did they see this same thing going on? And then on some level, were they drawn to it? You know, because it was familiar to them and at least they know how to literally execute on tasks. So frequently people with low self-esteem become the one who is the employee because they are not exactly sure of how to do things in the world. And originally they were very drawn to somebody that did. And this reminded them of being bossed around by a parent when they were growing up. And why would somebody become the CEO? A, because they saw this at home but also out of anxiety. They, they seem like a real, you know, kind of asshole, but they're not. They are somebody who's super anxious about getting things wrong, and therefore they compulsively research and think and think and think about how to make things best and how to optimize, which is, of course, an illusion, you know, because control is an illusion in most regards. You know, you could try one way of parenting and it goes well. Well, you may have a kid that many ways of parenting could have gone well with, you know? You'll never know. So the I so so there's some people. I mean, this is a different sort of zooming out sort of thing. But when you think, oh wow, I'm like such an awesome parent because uh, whatever I'm doing is really working to make my kid great. Well, you know, your kid may have been great with a lot of different sorts of parenting. So it's almost superstitious to believe so unfailingly in in that whatever you did created something that otherwise would have been bad. And while it's good to have high self esteem, this can be very bad in terms of comparing two parenting styles between two parents because the CEO person may be like, oh, our kid only kind of uh, does well at school because I am so regimented about doing their homework with them and you 
the husband, let's say, who have a more laissez-faire approach, if the child um, was listening to you only, then they would not be doing well at school. Well, that is, is not true. We do not have a control group where this specific child is cloned and in a more laissez-faire environment. That child may be doing just as fine or the, the difference may not be significant. So it's never good as an aside to focus on your way of parenting or home management or whatever as the only way based on the result because you don't have a control group you know like you don't know what would have been going on if things would have been going your spouse's way you can only get to this control group if you truly let go completely and try whatever your spouse's way is of doing it which most people don't want to do and when people do that sometimes it is really not as big of a deal as they thought and the difference is not anything but that anyhow, that's just something to think about if you are really wedded to one philosophy of home management, child rearing, etc. But the, the point here is that this is a dually created dynamic as these all are. And the person who is more passive has gotten to a place where they're very angry and resentful, which usually they do not admit openly, but how they're acting indicates that they are because they're basically trying to um, gum up the works. They're so annoyed by the constant emphasis of the other partner on efficiency and optimization and, and whatever that they just frequently do things real slow or they don't do them at all or they quote-unquote forget and a key part of moving forward and out of this toxic dynamic is for this employee role person to say I'm really angry and I feel that in many ways I'm not being um, allowed to self-actualize as an adult but it is very hard to do that if you don't have alternate ideas for how things should go so it's also key for this person to think about have a vision of the way they want the family to look because frequently they they all they've thought about is that they don't want it to be run in this sort of like stressful business-like way that the other partner um, prefers or perpetuates. So, and then when the other partner is like, well, what's your idea for how to do homework with the kids or not do homework with the kids or whatever, they don't really have an idea. So, and again, this ties back to low self-esteem and the idea that when you were a kid, if you weren't really allowed to have any ideas about anything, then it's hard to come up with some on the spot as an adult, even if you know that the status quo is not what you want. So individual therapy can frequently help the people that are more in the employee role figure out what they really want out of their life and how to grab the bull by the horns in many aspects of, of their lives, parenting, home management work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the other person, the CEO person, they may feel like they have a lot of self-esteem, but usually they have a lot of anxiety. And it's just because they think that things are able to uh, fuck up or go wrong so easily is why they think they have to be on top of everything so that they could catch any potential problem. And they also have quite a lot of resentment and anger toward the employee spouse, right? Because they think that they are in charge of everything. And this is when that big emotional labor thing comes in of that they have to be in charge of everything everything, everything. Now, the majority of the people who are complaining about emotional labor have real specific ways about how they want shit to be done. So the emotional labor, as I've discussed numerous times in my post, I don't think is a very useful construct at all because it, it, um, it does not capture what's actually going on. It's overly simplistic and reductive, right? Because the person isn't just saying, hey, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, bill payment. They're saying, 
Um, I don't want to have to worry about bill payment. I'd like you to execute on bill payment exactly the way that I would, though. So what I really want is for you to be me. So, you know, and I'm very angry that you cannot just be a second me. Well, that is not very useful because the other person will never be a second you. And so that kind of, uh, you know, wish kind of sets one up to fail. Now, the, the level of anger that each of these partners feel toward one another, this leads to, there are frequently massive empathic ruptures. You could go back to my empathic rupture podcast um, in the history of this couple. So like the one who is the employee may have had times where there was a big empathic rupture where they tried to take charge of something and the other one, in their perception, minimized them and, and dismissed them and condescended to them and refused to go along with it so much that they just threw their hands up and abdicated and just basically turned into this worker B role because then they don't get criticized and yelled at. And the other partner frequently has empathic ruptures when to, in their mind they did try to give over a large chunk of some sort of responsibility to the other and were massively disappointed when they were unable to do it. So, for example, let's say a, a woman that is in the CEO role said, um, I am going to, uh, I'm going to go back to school. You know, I, I want to go to this informational session on, on getting your master's and the informational session is, is at four today and, um, you can do it, right? You can pick up our kid from, from daycare and let's say the other one is late to pick up the kid from daycare. And so then this woman decided, you know what? It just goes to show I can't really do anything and I'm going to have to remain a stay at home mom because he cannot, uh, obviously do the small thing that I asked him for, and this is indicative of how it would go if I went back to get my master's, I'd be unable to do it anyway, right? So there could be some, some large empathic rupture like this, that there was a time where usually each partner has tried to get out of these roles that are generally fairly unfulfilling and stressful on both ends, but to in their mind, they were unable to move out of this dynamic because of the limitations or the uh, lack of caring of the other partner. So therapy, couples counseling, can be very useful at sussing out what specifically these empathic ruptures are in the history, how they contributed to the current dynamic perpetuating, and how they could be worked through in a way that both feel like they are understood by the other person, probably for the first time, to the extent of how badly this, um, this, this made them feel and how it kept the current dynamic in play. Now, you might ask if you're, um, you know, if this is your situation, you might say, well, can this be gotten out of, you know, can do people successfully get out of this dynamic? And they do. Certainly people can learn to be more egalitarian in their home. And this is, this isn't like in any sort of, um, you know, political way or anything egalitarian by gender role or anything, because, uh, Often in these situations, it, it, this is not split according to gender lines. People that are in these situations, the man could be doing literally everything, including the childcare. The woman could be doing literally everything, including finances and yard work. I've seen both directions. But what I'm saying is it has to be split in some sort of way moving forward that both people find more fair and more like they, they can have their own dignity as a specific human being because they do not feel that they're trapped in these roles 
roles of CEO and employee. And I have seen this happen over time and with discussion and after working through some of the deeper level emotional issues that go along with this dynamic, people can move forward into a different sort of way of being where they both feel more respected because neither person in this feels respected. You may think that the CEO one feels respected, but they don't because the, they're not respected. It's not like the employee partner is like, boy, you're so right about this. Man, you are just like so smart about organizing our life. They don't say anything like that. They're like, all right, fine. Where do you need me to be? Huh? All right. Well, all right. Like that's what they say because they're so resentful. And of course, the worker one does not feel respected at all. They feel like they are just a pair of hands to be helpful, which of course it should go without saying, but I'll say it anyhow. The sex life of this couple is crap because as you can imagine, it's not very sexy to be screwing your boss unless you're in secretary. And it's it's not very sexy, certainly, to be screwing your passive aggressive employee who you feel is laying down on the job that one's really not hot <laughs> and it's not hard to be uh you know screwing your slave master either because that's really how how the person feels who is being told what to do all the time so it's, it's integral for the sex life and the emotional life in general and for what the children see and model on when they're older so that you can break this intergenerational cycle. It's essential that both partners are thought to be uh, adults worthy of love and respect who have opinions and input. And if uh, and if individual therapy can help both people, again, the uh, CEO with the anxiety and the employee with their self-esteem, then that should be done before couples counseling such that you can expedite couples counseling. You know, when both people are working on their individual issues, and this goes for any dynamic that I talk about, when both people are focusing on their individual issues as well, then of course couples counseling is going to be better. The worst thing with couples counseling is when you come in and at least one person's like, nah, I don't have any problems. Well, listen, you know, why are we talking? We're not just going to be both ganging up on the other person because I don't ever believe that that's the case is that one person's just a fuck up. So both have to look at their individual contribution to the dynamic of the relationship no matter what the issue is it takes two unless we are talking about people that were in an arranged marriage that are struggling right from the beginning these people were not meant to be together that's a different situation not one that I haven't seen either I have seen people who were in arranged marriages and that that's kind of different because that doesn't have anything to do with who you subconsciously picked but in the origin story of other dynamics where people choose each other, there's always a self-motivated reason subconsciously why you end up in this dysfunctional dynamic. The CEO chose somebody who would be more passive so that they could on some level always realize that they could outthink and out-argue this person because they're so anxious they think they need things done their way and so they need someone who will not obstruct them on some level. And during the courtship, it was shown that this person would go along with what they said to do. And the other person has low self-esteem, so needed to hitch their wagon to a star, to somebody who always seems to have a decision and always seems to know what to do. And this same thing that was appealing during the courtship of this decisiveness is now thought to be, uh, you know, slave mastery, you know, like this person seemed to be a slave owner. And this person now feels like a slave when as originally... They felt like, oh, I'm lucky. This person really is very decisive <laughs> in ways that I'm not. And at the beginning, of course, the CEO person thought, 
boy, this is such a laid back person I'm with. That's great. You know, like I, I love being the one to pick where dinner is. Everything doesn't have to be a fight. And I am very picky about dinner. But then these sorts of things get forgotten as animosity and empathic ruptures build and build over the years. And they caricature one another. And instead of looking at their strengths and, and why they do appreciate and love one another and how they are yin to each other's yang in many ways, they start to only look at the downside. Now, couples counseling can help them, again, focus on the yin-yang thing, and they can understand how they work together very well. And also, their, their innate personalities may work together well, and also, neither of them is fully self-actualized and a really a full person because they are each stuck in these very small boxes of CEO and employee. And that does not allow them to like kind of grow and evolve into the best versions of themselves. So a lot of this good work and insight can transpire in counseling, of course, for some people, even who are not yet fighting and very upset with one another, even just listening to podcasts like this with a spouse and discussing can help you kind of divert off of a, a track that is headed nowhere good before it really gets somewhere bad. And you could say, wow, we're kind of falling into this pattern and what are ways that we can balance the decision making and be more respectful to one another. So that's why it's really good to listen to these podcasts with your partner. All right. So I hope everybody got something out of this and I will talk to you all soon and please do subscribe. Bye bye.